This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and... Sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 66 of Ghost of the Night, a Hauntings and Paranormal Podcast. I am Phil Sams. Thank you so very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to check out this podcast. Today, we're just going to talk about some random shit uh, that's kind of popped up into my head. No real agenda on the table, but I do want to focus on haunted locations that you have to pay to go investigate, to visit, to spend the evening in, or just a few hours. Um, a lot of these are places that you see on the paranormal reality shows. Ghost Adventures goes to these type places. Um, Ghost Nation, Ghost Hunters, Kindred Spirits, all of them go to these type places. And I've been to several locations that these shows have investigated. But is it worth the time? Is it worth the money? Because a problem that you run into with these type locations is it's about the money. And especially these places that have been featured on any of these shows, you know, they get a lot of exposure. They really, really get to take advantage of that exposure that they get on that show. So they can be hard to get into. Naturally, when they get that exposure, the prices go up. They can charge what they want because people want to go to these places. People want to actually investigate places where some of these shows have been because of, you know, naturally the, f- the nature of that beast, because they, you know, promote it. They generally in an hour find an abundance of evidence or supposed evidence, which we, we know what that really means. They're there for four or five hours and they take the highlights and make a 45 minute show out of it. So you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment, a lot of aggravation when you go to these places that have been featured on these shows. And when you start dealing with money and when it becomes a business, it gets hyped up. It gets overexposed. It gets basically ghost hunted out. 
and I wouldn't be surprised if most of these locations don't have any activity at all. It's just hyped. Or I wouldn't say any, I shouldn't say that don't have any activity at all. They have activity. I believe most places have some sort of activity, just whether or not it's in tuned with our realm, with our surroundings, or with the people that are actually at the location. If you're not in tune with that, then you're not going to experience anything. So you have to be very careful with these locations. And I don't really like doing them. And here's here's a real kicker and the real dilemma that I have. I don't like doing private residential cases as much either because you never know what you're getting into when you go to a place that is somebody's home that has supposedly has activity. It can always, it can be dangerous. It can be more often than not, it's just something that has been misinterpreted as paranormal and it is, it can be a complete and total waste of time. So what do you do? You have to investigate these places. And I have a few theories when it comes to these high profile type haunted locations. I've been really going back and forth between two really interesting concepts. If you believe spirits are actually the spirits of the dead, if ghosts are our relatives or people who have passed on from this life and they have moved into the next dimension, next realm, whatever you want to call it. Naturally, they, I believe they would take their personal characteristics with them to this particular realm or that particular realm. So naturally, if you get a grumpy old man in life passes away, you're going to get a grumpy old man in the afterlife or in that dimension, and that could bleed through to this world, or to this realm. And when we go on these investigations, maybe some of these darker spirits are just grumpy old men. But I know human nature, and I know my nature, I get frustrated, I get bored, I I don't like to be bothered at times. So if these spirits are actually ghosts of the dead, now we're not talking, you know, the evil type, demonic type spirits, which is said to never lived on this earth, not as a human anyway. We're just talking about everyday normal ghosts, essentially, that have had a life, died, and moved on. Why would they probably would get frustrated? They probably would get tired of all these invest paranormal teams coming in and actually bothering them, essentially. So that could be an explanation for why a lot of these locations you get ups and downs in the investigation or one time you might go there, you might have an abundance. Next time, nada, nothing, nothing whatsoever. And it's, you think you really start to question everything. It all depends on this spirit's personality or the spirit's ideal of what they want. Or if they don't want to interact, then they're not going to interact. And if they are fed up and tired of being hounded by these paranormal investigation teams, then they could just move on to a different location or just not choose to express themselves or show themselves to these people. So that could be an explanation. I don't know. Like I've always said, you never know. This, there isn't any right or wrong answers in this field. I don't, I don't believe that. We're asking questions. We don't understand it. There may come a day when we actually have some answers, and we realize these are just, there are scientific 
explanations for what is going on, some of this activity that people experience or that I have experienced or that maybe you have experienced. It's, there actually is scientific reason for it. We are just not familiar with that form of science yet. We are learning things all the time, and it just might be something we don't know, and that is still the answer. Now, it might not be the answer that people want or people are looking for because it doesn't fit their agenda, but that still very well could be the case. So that is one theory, that these ghosts get pissed off and or get tired and they just don't want to be bothered, so they just don't choose to interact with the living. And that would explain, like I said, the reason for activity to diminish and maybe not even eventually have any type of experiences reported. But the theory that I'm leaning to, and the more I study, the more I learn, the more I interact with people in this field, around this field, or that have actually have that have an actual interest in the paranormal, you can have some interesting conversations. And one theory is that we manifest the activity around us. We and I've covered this a little bit. I've you know talked about it a little bit in past podcasts, but you know we don't quite understand. W- everything about ourselves, about our own consciousness, about our own brain activity. We don't know the full power of our own brain. We do not use it all. So who's to say there are people out there that actually do believe we open portals. We can do it subconsciously, not knowing that we're doing it. I mean, naturally you have portals that can be open through ritual witchcraft or just general ritual activity or ritual ceremonies, I should say. But we, our brains, our psyche could be opening portals or causing some of this activity. Just like a poltergeist activity, which we've covered before, is often found around females in their teenage years or in their, that are just coming into their own, just starting puberty. They have a lot of psychic energy and some of this poltergeist activity isn't really spirits. It is actually the manifestation of their psychic powers or their psychic brain waves, whatever, interacting with the environment around them. And that is the cause of poltergeist-type activity. Who's to say we all don't have this ability, and that is why some locations are hot with some groups and cold with other groups. You actually affect the environment which sparks the activity, or you're actually causing the activity. So we are the broadcaster of the paranormal activity because there have been a lot of reported haunted locations that at one time they were not actually haunted. You know, there was no reports of any activity. Now, the big thing nowadays is these asylums. I've been to Randolph County Asylum. Uh, You have Waverly Hills in Louisville and what, Eastern State Penitentiary, places that either house criminals or the less fortunate, the people with mental problems, there's a lot of energy comes along with that. So, you know, people think that that energy and that suffering imprints on the environment and sparks the activity. But I was talking to somebody, you know, last year or sometime, and they remember a time when 
Waverly Hills, there was no activity in Waverly Hills, or no reported activity. It wasn't really believed that it was a hotbed of paranormal activity, or ghosts roamed the halls. But somewhere along the way, that changed. Now, did that change for monetary reasons, or did it just because it looked creepy, because it looked scary, it looked like it would be haunted, activities started happening, and people started investigating it, so it started to build. Now, I've never investigated Waverly, um, but with talking with people, they, re, you know, they remember this time that it wasn't a haunted asylum. So what caused it? The more we investigate something, the more we are opening a portal. I think a portal can be opened just by intent, by actually looking or tr- making con, trying to make contact. That can really open a portal and or at least create an environment that is charged and which draws in spirits from or entities from the other realm. And they start interacting with the environment around them. I think that could be something to it. But like I said, we don't know. Who knows what the hell is really truly going on here? But, you know, it's a fascinating question, and I hope to really test this theory out a little bit and see what happens, because the more these shows come out, and we can get into that at another episode, because the Travel Channel has just went batshit crazy with the paranormal reality shows. And I wonder if they're oversaturating the market because they have so many different shows, and it's all versions of the same thing. Now, we have to thank these reality shows for one thing, is they have sparked an interest in the paranormal. They have actually made it okay to discuss it, made it okay to express or tell your stories if you've had an unexplained situation. But when you get that much exposure, then everything starts becoming paranormal. And, you know, now we're kind of even moving. There's been a resurgence in Satanism. And now I shouldn't say resurgence. It's never went away, but it a new satanic panic. You know, in the late 70s, early 80s, we had everybody was scared to death that their children were going to be snatched up by a satanic cult and be sacrificed. And with the uptick in paranormal shows with the enthusiasm that a lot of these shows cause about the paranormal has a double it's a double-edged sword because it sparks interest but it also brings out the negative it also opens the doors to more negative stuff or more misunderstandings because i think that's what a lot of the especially when you talk satanic panic a lot of that is all misunderstanding we are told if you believe in God, if you are a Christian or whatever, a person of faith, that Satan is evil, Satan is looking to damn you to hell. And we are taught to fear the evil. We are taught to fear the unexplained. And if you're not with them, then you are with the other. So if you do not believe every negative thing that happens in your life is because of a demon, because of Satan or Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, so naturally we have this fear, we're taught this fear, and it is one of those things that it's hard to, that programming is hard to overcome. Not everything bad 
that happens to you is actually caused by some horned creature. No, bad things happen. There's no way around it. Life's peaks and valleys. So when now with this resurgence of the paranormal, naturally, satanic practice has been more popular or has been caught a lot of grief. I just posted the other day on my Twitter feed where there's been some deaths in England, or not deaths, cattle or, I believe it's sheep, animal deaths that had some, you know, satanic symbolism. And people are attributing it to some kind of satanic cult that is roaming the countryside. When, in actuality, probably it's some kids just having fun. Not, I shouldn't say having fun, but kids just, you know, being kids, doing stupid shit, which all kids do. And they are just, they think it's cool to pin it on a satanic cult. And, I mean, I'm not saying that that is 100% the case, but it very well could be. So, you know, that is the negative side of the paranormal. There definitely is a new satanic panic that is taking the nation. And Ghost Adventures has done their part because somebody is always getting possessed by a demon. They have really made it mainstream, and they're always bringing in an exorcist. They have, on several episodes, had members of um, some sort of satanic fraternity come in and look at some, you know, markings on a wall or whatever. So they are pushing it in the mainstream, and naturally, people truly fear what they don't understand because that's what they've been taught. And I have some opinions on you know, the satanic church and some of these other see, um, supposed Satan-worshipping type groups. We will get into that in the future episodes. I will get into that at some point, but, you know, I'm, I don't think it's all what it's cracked up to be. You know, just from what I know, a satanic or like the Church of Satan or the satanic temple or whatever— Satanism isn't even really about Satan. They don't, uh, most of these type organizations do not actually even worship the devil. It's more about being an atheist and rebelling against the norm, of rebelling against Christianity and the fear-based dichotomy that that religion has bestowed upon us. So that is really what Satanism is. People that get into Satanism, that is really what they're doing. They're just looking to rebel against the norm or what the agenda of the church. So it's a really complex issue that would take a long time to cover. So I don't want to do it in this episode, but we will do an episode in that. And, you know, we might even throw in some origin stories of, of Lucifer himself or herself or itself, whatever, whichever way you want to go with that. Because that's, you know, that poses a little, the whole Satan story, really, to me, the church didn't think it through very far. They didn't really put a lot of effort into, they just needed a antagonist to, you know, their protagonist, Jesus. They needed somebody to oppose him because that's what makes a great freaking story. And that is maybe the purpose of Lucifer and how it you know, he was betrayed in the Bible because there's com- there's conflicting stories on the origin stories of Lucifer. And we will cover some of that in future episodes. We definitely want to get into that. So be on the lookout for it. 
But I think that is going to wrap up this episode. Just, so just in closing, be careful with these pay-to-play locations. Whenever money's involved, it can be tricky because they're con artists, they're people looking to just turn a profit, and it can be profitable to say your place has activity. If you can get enough foot traffic in there, and especially if you can get a show to come in and maybe hype it up. So when you do go on these paid investigations or pay to investigate a place, know what you're getting into. Know you there's a very good possibility to that you won't get anything. And that is what most people that get into the paranormal investigation side of this, they've seen the shows, they think it's supposed to be exciting it's you know you get an hour you know you don't have to spend an hour in a place because that's what the shows are no you have to spend time in some of these places i've been to several locations multiple times and each time it's a there's a variance in activity so you have to spend multiple hours sometimes multiple evenings or multiple days in an activity or in a location to get activity you just can't show up in an hour you get bored and leave that's a waste of your time and a waste of your money, especially if you have to pay to get into these places. So just be cautious when you go looking for places to investigate and think about your the energy you're taking into these places because, like I said earlier, I'm leaning towards the we manuf- manufacture or we can conjure some of this activity up by our own psyche, our subliminal wavelengths that we're throwing out there, our general attitude that we are projecting into the environment so we can spark some activity. And if you're bringing negative activity into a location, then odds are there could be negative experiences had. So just be conscious of that. Understand what you're dealing with. And there's no right or wrong answer here. If I'm being completely and totally honest, you need to understand what's going on but you have to be open. You have to investigate with a certain mindset. And I've talked about that in the past. How you need to be positive. You need to be alert. You should not be depressed or stressed out when you investigate because that's going to affect whatever activity is in there just by the mere fact of how you enter a room or enter a location. It's almost like if you notice if you have dogs or I'm a dog person, so I have dogs. Dogs will mimic mimic your attitude. So if you're pissy, that dog might be get pissy. If you're happy, go lucky. That dog that tail's wagging and looking forward to seeing you. I think these locations feed off our energies, and they can manifest the activity based on our energy. That's one reason why I don't like investigating in a big group because there's too many conflicting energies in that room. I'd rather be solo or just with one or two other people. Ideally, that is my perfect investigation, whether it's just me or one or two other people. Three tops, because then you can control the energy, you can control the surroundings, you can control the noise contamination, you know where everything's, where everybody's at, and it makes investigations a lot easier. When you get in groups of 10, 15, even 20 people, it's pretty much a waste of time because you don't under, you don't have control over the environment. Too many conflicting energies are coming. Too many people with different agendas on the table, so it can make life frustrating. It can make 
investigating difficult and it infects the energy of the environment. So I'd say go go look at some of these places, try to do an investigation, but honestly, most of them probably are just overhyped and don't have much activity going on there. So that's going to wrap up this episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at night underscore ghost. That is really the best way to get a hold of me. Um, send me a direct message. Be sure to follow. We are on Instagram as well at ghost underscore night underscore podcast. Um, we have a YouTube channel. So if you're watching or you're listening to this, head on over to the YouTube channel and be sure to subscribe. You can see the video version of the podcast episode. And we do have a Facebook account or Facebook page, which, you know, I post every some stuff on there as well. And that is at night, or I'm sorry, sorry, at, what is that? At Ghost in the Night. So check out those. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter. And also, if you like the podcast, be sure to rate and review however you take in this podcast. We are on Stitcher, Spotify, Naturally iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you can get a, uh, listen to a podcast we are there so be sure to share it with a friend be sure to rate be sure to subscribe that way as well so until next week take care everybody from Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap, and now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents.